slowly getting back up to speed with the new season. Welcome back to Hunger Pop. Good evening, welcome to episode 264 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly. This week I'm joined by Andres. Hello Sam, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Fine. Good. By English Dan. Hello and welcome to another recording. And for the first time in a very long time. Ages. Yeah. Julian Cotino. Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. For the benefit of listeners who don't have really terrifying memories, uh, Julian works for Teise yes, on I do. production, right? Or? Um, actually, yeah. I post-match interviewer uh-huh. on the weekends, at least. And is a fan of? Boca Juniors. So there you go. We don't get many English-speaking Boca fans uh, to come on this podcast. Hey. Is that because you and Andres bully them? Yes. No, I, I, I like to think not. But we, 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 mm, have, a, we have a pool of three or four, but uh, they, they very rarely make it on, so it's nice to have one. Yes, it's good since Federico and, and Francisco that there is any. Yes, precisely. Um, I will go over the results, first of all, from the weekend just gone, because now that we're back into the swing of things, we're going to just pretend that we did preview the season and everything. Um, and you won't notice, you'll have forgotten in a mm. couple of weeks' time that we didn't. So here we go. At the weekend, Arsenal lost 1-0 at home to Colón on Friday night. At the same time, this was interesting because the AFA said there weren't going to be any matches taking place at the same time and that lasted precisely one weekend. Uh, Vélez Sarsfield beat Atletico Tucumán 2-0 at home thanks to two goals from Maxi Romero. On Later on Friday night, um, Olimpo against Independiente finished 1-1. Remember, as we said last week, that... Um, Several of the teams that we're mentioning, including Atletico Tucumán and Independiente, field of B teams at the weekend due <coughs> to Continental Cup action during the week. On Saturday, Belgrano v San Martín 1-0 in Córdoba. Estudiantes lost 1-0 to Defensa y Justicia in La Plata. Wow, I didn't say that. Uh, Patronato got a 2-1 win at home to Argentinos Juniors in Argentinos' first match back after promotion because the first uh, round match was postponed. Racing thrashed Tempele 4-1. Chacarita Juniors in their first match back after promotion drew 1-1 at home to Tigre. Godoy Cruz beat Tacheres de Córdoba 2-1 with a 94th minute goal in a very entertaining match in Mendoza. Rosario Central San Lorenzo served up the season's first 0-0 draw in the Superliga. The first 0-0 draw in Superliga history. Ooh, that's what we'd be saying if we were we go. if we were Sky Sports football started in 1992 style. Mr. Chip might have already done that. Yes, so, yeah. probably. Um, River Plate got a 3-1 win at home to Banfield. Lanús lost 1-0 at home to Boca Juniors. Union got a 1-0 win over Gimnasia on Monday, and Huracan beat Newell's Old Boys 1-0. Which means that Newells really are in difficulty if they're losing to yeah. Um Gentlemen, your 
the highlights of the week any thoughts yeah Goy Cruz Tachere's match mm. match of the socks socks yeah. clash never seen before in history of football what was this sorry I missed this it, it was so I was particularly confused by this because I was under the impression that it was a fairly standard thing that the referee had to see samples of the two kids it is like, two hours thing. before the game right? unless you're in Argentina and give them the okay right. and the teams went out onto the pitch and the game was delayed by 10 minutes because when the teams got out the referee went no there's a sock clash <laughs> sock clash one of you have to change your socks so Tacheres had to go back in and change from their sort of dark coloured socks into white socks Tacheres oh. being the away team yes the away team yeah. had to change to away socks which in Argentina is, is a little bit unusual because yeah. it's the home team that changes in Argentina it so Gore Cruz didn't have a, any other socks or yes they did but they didn't want to change <laughs> fair enough they actually um, said that they had to it will take them an hour to change into their other socks, so Tashere is going to... Yeah. Wow. So haven't learned how to untie their shoelaces yet? Or? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. But the Chile nice. did go and change their socks. So. And who won that game? Godoy Cruz wise. Uh, well, you know, with, yeah. with the same socks, he can, the, he can blame. It was, the, it was the mind game, so that was why they yeah. didn't want to change the socks. There we go. Um, yeah, Santiago Garcia got a very, very, very late win, a 94th minute. Um... Juan Garro had put them into the lead before half time, and uh, Rojas, whose first name I have forgotten, um, scored the equaliser for Tacheres. They thought they'd rescued a point with about seven minutes to go, but it wasn't to be. And but did was... I have one more question on this? Did Ole title the match for afterwards Una Victoria Medias? <laughs> they probably should have. Because if they didn't, I'm very, very disappointed in their intern. Let's see. Let's uh, bring up Ole's Godoy Cruz page and see, because they won't have updated the Godoy Cruz page since that match, because they've completely stopped doing it. Oh, they have updated it. Oh, there you go. Because one of Godoy Cruz's players uh, crashed his car, apparently. It's been a week of car crashes, With then. Pinole yes, as well, right? crashed yeah. his car as well, didn't he? Uh, or he hit someone. Yesterday morning. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, they didn't think of that. No, Ole didn't use that, that headline. Crashed. Right, Ole, if you're listening and you Send want a headline writer, I will get on, yeah. I will get on board. Disappointing. Really. Yeah. I'm missing a decent pun there. Indeed. What can you do? I a match being delayed by socks. No, no, nor am I. Very, very strange. I don't think I'll ever hear it again. Mm. It, it was. It, it's in, the, the reason that actually that I was aware of that sort of <coughs> regulation uh, was that uh, one of the um, Chapecoense players who survived the the crash. Yeah. Um, last December survived it by virtue of not actually being on that plane because he'd flown over the day before with some of the club directors oh yeah with some of the kids ah in the continental gaps you should have yeah. they have a meeting you should yeah. have but Argentina has no rules on that actually I think uh, socks clash is uh, one of the worst things ever yeah, yeah. Don't it, it, it sounds really silly but in fact it, it, sort of, it does matter from the, the ref's point of view because if you've got a tangle of bodies and one foot sticks out and kicks another one you need to be able to identify which team that foot, foot belongs yeah. to plus but if you've got um, a player like Gabi Alce who used to play for Racing who never ever lifts his head <laughs> you wouldn't be able to know who to pass to because you just see he sucks yeah it's so a good point you got to think about these things it was. did anybody catch um, Central San Lorenzo just after that game I did um, Central no, San Lorenzo was down to 10 men. Okay. And dominated, like, hmm. Central dominated them but couldn't break it. Was it as dull as the scoreline suggests? Because um, there was a big thing made after it about, oh, this is the first nil-nil draw of the season, you know, as there always uh, is when a scoreline. San Lorenzo defended well. They didn't have any chances on the counter-attack. 
and Central lax players they did have last season. Uh, it's actually one of the teams I think lost more than they started uh, Mauricio Martinez, who mm. used to play as a central midfielder, as a Paulo yeah, Monteiro is playing him as fullback, yeah. no, mm. center back. And he Some played good ball from the back, but he central couldn't yeah. break through. Yeah. Samper is still getting to know to, to his teammates. It looks like that because uh, he couldn't still score any goals after a very, very good season for, for Atletico Tucumán. I missed the Samper and gone to Central. That ought to be, along with Marco Robben, you would think. Yeah, once, once they start to click, it's yeah, similar. Think so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're right, they are. It's an obvious downgrade going from Teo to Samper. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, I, I mean, I guess at least from the point of view of the personality, San Pedri is somewhat less likely to do something incredibly stupid that will ruin the season. Yeah, like clash, yeah. With, clash with Ruben yeah. once Ruben is out because his grandfather is about to die and so on. Yeah, or pull a gun out or something at Ruben. It turned out to be a pretty well match after the, after the red card, which I think was a bad red card yeah. to yeah. Salazar. Excellent Yeah, I thought it was a bit harsh. It was uh, um, one of our listeners, John Allison, um, has a, a student who is doing a FIFA uh, or possibly the AFA refereeing course. Uh, John lives here in Buenos Aires, and, and I think he occasionally teaches English, or his girlfriend teaches English, or something. Um, and he was telling me once that, that uh, this student had told him that um, the guidance given to referees when it comes to yellow or red cards for sort of studs up challenges is. If the foot lands on on the other player's foot or below the ankle, then it's a yellow card. And if it lands above the sort of bend of the ankle, then that's what makes it a red card. If if it's if it stands up, yeah. obviously there are exceptions. Like if it's a very deliberate stamp yeah. on the player's foot, then yeah, that's a red card. Um, and yeah, Salazar's challenge really, I, I thought, got far more of. I can't remember whose foot it was, but it was more foot than than ankle and shin. I thought. Yeah. Um, so we can say that Mane definitely would have been sent off here. Putting a high foot up in the goalkeeper's face. Yes. <laughs> what my name is? about what was so controversial about No, I, I couldn't I see the controversy of that. I, I, I wouldn't have awarded a red card. I would have really? booked really? him. Yeah. He kicked him in the chin. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't like. Uh, I don't know. It's controversial at least, but. Yeah, I can I see it. At some point, you have to you know, draw a line between intent and consequence, right? Because yeah. if the consequences are that. Exactly. It, it reminded me Savage, of you know. Doesn't I mean, really matter what the this is obviously is. nothing at all to do with Argentine football, but it, it reminded me of a few years ago in the Champions League when um, playing for Man United, Nani got sent. I think it was Nani got sent off for a really high foot on Sergio Ramos or somebody who was against Real Madrid, um, and basically the, the other player had sort of Nani was trying to control the ball that was coming over his his shoulder, looking yeah. away. The other player had come in from behind him, and there was no way that Nani could have known he was there, but he got clattered in like the middle of the chest or the face or yeah. something. And so it's a bit like, I mean, yeah, he obviously didn't mean to do it, but at the same time, you, but you can't really not give a red card for that. I understand it, but he was, uh, was going for the ball. Mm. I mean, he didn't, if someone didn't, doesn't have intent, mm. but still goes for a hard challenge, well, I can see how I, you... I think Manis is less controversial because he was running towards... Yeah. The middle of the goal area. Yeah. You know. And then, we go, to, then anyway. we go to the other extreme, which was Alexis Sodda for Racing being punched in the face, basically. Thank and not even for, getting a foul. Thank you for dragging us top, back onto Argentine football, Dan. Uh, tell welcome. us about that, because I actually missed 
pretty much all of the Rassingen. The Rassingen, they won 4-1 against Temperley after starting the season with a 1-0 draw against San Lorenzo, so pretty solid results to start with. The you know the downside from a Racing point of view was a snatching defeat from the jaws of victory against Olimpo in the mm. Copa Argentina, where they were 2-0 up and then lost 4-2. That started, you know, to generate a bit of doubt around the club and everyone's, you know, in the normal murmurs whenever a team, a big team loses a game and everyone goes into crisis mode. And Saturday's game was pretty much the perfect response. Um, got a little bit of luck with the first goal. It was um, Juan Musa, the Racing keeper, who kind of very delicately, like an exocet missile, belted the ball up the field. The temporary defender kind of hesitated, missed it, and Enrique Triverio, who, going back onto disciplinary proceedings, had a pretty lengthy suspension, I believe, in Mexico last time he was there. Oh, yeah? For, yeah, he pushed a ref, I think, if I'm thinking uh, of the right one. Yeah. Toluca. In Toluca. He took full advantage and, and opened the scoring. Then we had a lovely goal again from Matias Saracho, one of one of uh, a couple of very promising Racing kids Sergio Vitor <laughs> scored a free kick oh, that, that not that even he could believe yeah. um, how on earth does Sergio Vitor get, even get to take free kicks in that team I, mean, I don't know I mean, but clearly that's how because he's shown off, off of the track I can say that when we're in the stands all the people around me were just pissing ourselves laughing basically mm. just like what Vitor's going to take this no, he's going to fuck it up Oh my god. Some <laughs> parks in Argentina tend to do that. I remember uh, Funes Mori, Ramiro Funes Mori, yeah. once in For River. Mm. Why Istanbul also? Yeah. Mm. Istanbul also. Same, same rhyme. Pasarela, of course. Pasarela, but uh, Pasarela you'd expect it. Yeah. From Funes Mori you wouldn't. I remember yeah. goals too uh, yeah. for Lanús. There's a very he suddenly became a free kick specialist. Oh, I remember that one, yeah, yeah. Sebastián Domínguez in Vélez suddenly went ahead and. There's a very famous one in Racing as well from way back when, which involves. Wonder if I don't know if Sam will know this, but you guys might. Claudio Ubeda and Gerardo Bedoya. Ah, yeah. That Bedoya was lined up to take a free kick. Infamous. And Infamous free kick. Ubeda grabs it and puts it pretty much in out of the stadium. And he's remembered. To, he's like the he's the most uh, the centre back with most appearances in Racing history. The outfield player even with most appearances, but it's just remembered probably more for that. Terrible free kick then for being the captain of the team that won the 2001 well, championship. Well, Ubeda and, and Bedoya were the protagonists of the it free kick it. at yeah. El Monumental when yeah, River were playing Racing and from they tried to make a two pass and mm-hmm. kick it. And uh, Michelis in, in the goal, I think. He was no, Cuevas started... Uh, sorry, Michelis in goal. Was the goalkeeper yeah. at the um, moment, yes. <laughs> no, I don't think it's the same. What I'm meaning is Ubeda and Bedoya... They tried to make a, a set play. Uh, yeah. and they Completely mess it up. Uber they grabs it. Up. it. <laughs> no, and yeah, they, on the counter-attack, Cuevas ended up making the goal that left Racing out of the, of the championship race. Bedoya is a brave player to uh, steal the free kick from as well, given his disciplinary record. Yeah. The, mo- the most <laughs> sent-off player in football history by a very, very, very long way. Yeah, I've heard stories in Bedoya, about Bedoya in training when... Uh, you know, when a, a teammate got a bit over-enthusiastic, he'd just turn around and elbow him, elbow him in the face, basically, yeah. and <laughs> take him out. Yeah, the most sent-off player in football history. He, there he you go. finished his career with 45 red cards, yeah. and then it, he, he became a coach, and he got sent off in his first 
or second match <laughs> of, of his managerial career as well. So what a character. Going back to Rasinjeta, it finished 4-1. Uh, I can't remember who rounded off the scoring. It'll come to me now. Me ah, Ibarwin, yes, well, the new Colombian who played about 15 minutes and looked absolutely fantastic. His hmm. first little cameo for Racing. So that was very encouraging. Kind of the, the atmosphere was a, a little bit weird because there was problem. You know, there's been ongoing problems in the Racing Barra pretty much since the start of this year I think you know these battles for control and in the stadium there were no banners of any kind and no drums mm. so it makes for kind of a, a strange atmosphere you know you kind of get used to the to the drums it's weird watching a football game now without them and that's going to be the same tonight for the Sudamericana game that you're playing in an hour and a half right? don't know to be honest I don't know if the Barres Let's travel to oh, Corinthians. Of course, yeah, you're away tonight, aren't you? Yes. So that was a very silly question. I was yes, we're away to Corinthians tonight. Things. By the time you listen to this, I'm sure you'll know the result and I'll be out of my misery at least. Indeed. And but we you, went into it well with that 4-1 win. And if Rest you don't know the result, then keep listening to the end and I'll give you the result. I've scored four times and uh, uh, Coca played a five-man defence. Uh, oh, yeah, defensive Coca, defensive. But, uh, so some people still haven't grasped that it's not the formation that makes you defensive or attacking. It's kind of what the players actually do on the pitch. But yeah. the wingbacks are Pichuda and Soto. So that's not a pretty offensive formation. Yeah. Either way, Pichuda played a great game. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was one of his better games. Oh, one of his better games, which is goal with the bar right, so. very, very low. He still drives me crazy. Landy Stuta. Oh. I have a theory about Pichuda that he gets the ball so much in harassing because the other team just doesn't bother to mark him. They just leave him alone, knowing that probably seven times out of ten he's going to do something it's stupid and lose the ball. The thing it's incredible to is watch. He's got a contract that runs until twenty twenty because <laughs> he, they signed him to an extension because he had a, such a, a big contract that they say we can't pay you this much. Okay, <laughs> sign me for like six years. It's amazing. Years. He's been there for six and years they, now, and he's they yeah. stretch his his humongous contract for. I don't know, five seasons? It's remarkable. So, it is. Uh, San Lorenzo have just taken the lead, by the way, against Lanús after 34 minutes. Inevitably, Nicolas Blandi with a lovely yeah, finish. Um, this is in the Copa Libertadores quarter-final first leg um, in Bajo Flores, so San Lorenzo the home team. Blandi is so, so good. Yes. He's consistent, if nothing else. Boca sold him for peanuts. Yeah. Mm. Peanuts. <laughs> I didn't understand why they let him go for so little when he when he left and I mean for San Lorenzo since he's joined as, as Mariano would tell us if Mariano was ever able to come on now uh, he's probably in the stadium right now Mariano yeah he will be imagine. and he'll have a, a, the, a mirror image to the view that we've got on television I went to a San Lorenzo game with Mariano one of the worst deals ago. one of and the worst deals book I ever made him and yeah. Bosselli it never yeah. works out when yeah. Argentinian clubs go into partnerships 50-50 partnerships <coughs> yeah they were partners with, with Estudiantes on Boselli. Mm. They were they were partners with San Lorenzo on Blandi and Boca never gets there. And now we, we were chopping the same yeah. position. To be fair though, Boselli had one or two good seasons in his entire career. But and did nothing else. He, he had a good career in his career. His good seasons were very, very good. His good seasons were very, very good, yeah. Um, anyway, back to the weekend just gone. Other results, we've talked about Racing, um, and we've talked about Godoy Cruz Tacheres and Central San Lorenzo. Um, for once, since me and Andres being present normally means that we talk about River first, 
let's discuss Lanus Boca. Not the prettiest match, although that was understandable given the conditions because uh, yeah, it, it rained most of the weekend and mm-hmm. Lanus pitch, um, the drainage, struggled to cope with it. But happy overall with the performance, Julian? Yeah, Boca tends to lose at Lanus, basically, <laughs> and tends to play every away game at Lanus. Mm. Lanús hasn't played at Boca Stadium since, I don't know, five consecutive times Boca's so, played. Similar, in fact, for River Banfield. I saw yeah, a stat that's a record. Before that, that it's sixth, sixth consecutive time yeah. they played yeah. at Monumental. There's a few of them like that. Racing River is the yeah. same. It's playing this in ongoing Monumental short, yeah. short championship. But you'd imagine the, the guys River. who make the, the schedule say, OK, they played five times at the Monumental. Let's put them once. <laughs> Let's have one. Yeah. How can they not? That's the first thing I would notice. Hey, we got to program Banfield yeah. against River. Where have they played the last five times? Or just <laughs> River. You know, let's play them in the River. Again. Just season after season go, right, who played the home game in the last championship in that case? You switch this time. Mm. I think the Just like they used to with the short when it was actually officially short championships, the different mm. halves of the season, you know, okay, they're not doing that now, but I had assumed that they were gonna to do the home or away I think the, on a similar basis. The problem with that is the the people doing it as the tournament changes, change too. So yeah. nobody has yeah, any yeah, records. True. They just well, well, you have records. I mean, you've got yeah, but no one can be bothered. Yeah, to yeah but um, please, that's, there's that's a rumor, time looking at. There's a rumor going around that uh, the schedule for this tournament was made by hand by Angelici and Tapia, and they just <laughs> went <laughs> took it and Rio Anfield at Rio, Boca Lanús at Lanús, <laughs> yeah. and they just, you remember the once it was published, there were complaints and they changed it like. Boca had to travel like uh, you know, the la- biggest travel they made was to Banfield or something like that uh-huh. and River had to go all through the Argentina oh, wow, I didn't, I there know. was all sor- sorts of complaints so they changed it yes, yes. in the middle of the, of the per season wow. and it was changed was yeah that's a rumor I, I, I anyways believe it Boca's performance and the res- I mean the, the result obviously fantastic Benedetto has started the season magnificently if you saw Argentina's internationals, um, then perhaps not so much, but I mean, I, I think that that was as much down to nerves as anything else. Um, and he played 20 Boca, minutes. He's been superb already. He's been superb. And yeah, and you're right, Andres, he, he got a 20 minutes run out. He's continuing with the streak of, I think he got 21 touches the whole game. Yeah. Whole game. One, apparently one shot from inside the Lanus box. No, no, no. Uh, one shot overall. One oh, touch right. inside the box, and it was a goal. Mm. It's unsustainable, but... As long as this goes on, Hara had a great, uh, great cross, but uh, the goal was uh, an error by Herrera, the central park for, for Lanús. Mm. Went up the game with a concussion, and it's still in the hospital as we speak. Oh, really? Yeah, he's oh, missing right. this game because of that. Uh-huh. And um, what have you made of Edwin Candona? Because he arrived mm, at Boca among some fanfare he's, he's been a very you know, talented player on, on the Libertadores and continental stage uh, for a good while he, he started from the snatches that I've seen having obviously not really seen the first weekend at all sort of decently rather than yeah. spectacularly I would he's say a, he's a player of, of place he doesn't have much influence on the overall flow of the game mm. but he he, had, he gets the ball and he makes things happen. Uh, he had a one shot 
the crossbar from a free kick and not much else. He struggled with the pitch. That's, Whereabouts on the pitch yeah. has he been playing for Boca? I haven't seen much of him. Has he been at number 10 or has he like no, a little bit further left forward? Wing. Left wing. Yeah. Mm, that doesn't sound right for Cardano. He tends to drift yeah, to the middle and get the ball. And he, he has, that's one thing that I, I think has benefited him. He played with Fabra behind him mm-hmm. and they obviously know one, one another. Yeah. So he tends to drift inside and Fabra has ample room to go through. Yeah, I can see him making more of an impact for for Boca if he comes more in on the inside because he's a number ten slash second striker really winger. Yeah. You don't I don't think he's really got the pace for a winger. Similar case uh, like Riquelme and Dangal in playing the left or uh, yeah could be Cardona could yeah, be. Yeah, Cardona is more used to playing on the left. He plays on the left on and he plays on the wing on on Colombia mm. and he does it and in fact in the eliminatorias he played against Brazil and tracked back uh, Danny Alves a mm-hmm. couple of times he even had a yellow card for him anyway I don't see Guillermo telling Cardona well when we lose the ball you are the worst player and when you have the ball in your feet you are the best <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see the, but the he other, tries at least yes. without the ball the other new arrival at Boca that, that we should ask about for your opinion on is, is Nandes who mm. by all accounts has, has started fantastically he was very very good for Uruguay as well in the World Cup qualifiers yeah um, the general opinion general consensus seemed to be that it's just a matter of time before Nandes gets into the starting eleven. Mm. but um, I don't see it how and he has played it. 20 minutes and he did, has done absolutely nothing the Garra Charruga yeah he runs yeah um, he runs he hits he came <laughs> on for Perez was booked, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> as obviously, and Guillermo changed for, for some time. For uh, he changed his four-three-three. He played uh, Gago and Barrios in the middle, and played Nandes left, uh, right, Pavón left, and put Cardona as a number ten. Mm-hmm. And Boca struggled mightily. Mm-hmm. That was the best time for Lanús, and they changed back again, and they got a, yeah. a long goal. But again. I think it bears repeating that the, the pitch was really not conducive to yeah. playing the kind it's of football. Champagne football. That, and, and in fact, one of our, um, our listeners, um, Jeffrey, uh, from Texas Soccer Journal, has, has been in Argentina for the last week or so and has been to a few games, and he was at this game. And he told me on Monday night that he would, he'd been quite frustrated by the fact that there was sort of sections of the pitch which even deep into the second half clearly were still splashing up every time the ball yeah, was played there, the ball but, and yet both teams carried on trying to play it along the ground rather than just going direct. exactly about that is that um, the two halves had very different kind of water on them. Mm. The f- half where Boca attacked on the first the first half, yeah, yeah. had more water than And Boca tried to play a lot more in the first half yeah. than in the second half. Mm. And they should have tried the same approach in the second half. But uh, I don't know. It was a good result. Boca tends to lose at Lenus. In fact, they lost the first, the first round of the last championship. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the worst pitch by far was Iracan. Uh, yeah. Because worst pitch ever. The, and, and they were lucky that uh, last night uh, on Monday they, it wasn't raining because mm. if 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 were right were raining, that would uh, have been even worse mm. because they hired the the, the stadium for a, a concert for La Renga, La Renga, a rock national rock band. And they w- they earned uh, earned 
thousand dollars approximately. Which now they're going to have to put into renaming the pitch. <laughs> seven millions of pesos, uh, Russian name pesos. And, and they, I don't know whether uh, the, the amount of money they will have to spend now to fix the. Yeah. Stand. They should have they a little bit of change out money of the pitch. No, they <laughs> just let it heal. Well, they can't right now. The season pitch. started. They'll have no, to wait till the international break. Or well, yeah. So what's that? Three weeks away at least. Yeah. Uh, I think with the the problem with that was that the the stage was set and it was never lifted. up. They just <laughs> left it there throughout the whole time. <laughs> the six, I don't know how many shows they did. Yeah. Was taking place. Yeah. So. Oh, so it wasn't just one show. No, no it was like it was a week. A it was right, initially right. was to be three, but then because they sold out, they added another three. Yeah. And they said, let's just let the stage there. And so the stage was just lying. And once they picked it up, they said, oh, nah, yeah, the pitch is ruined. Oh, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Everybody but you. But that's what's the case. Okay, uh, of the big five, we have not yet mentioned River or Independiente. I'm going to mention, uh, let's, let's talk about River now, because then Independiente we can segue nicely, almost as if we meant it, into last night's uh, Copa Sudamericana game as well. So River, um, unspectacular but confident, I thought, against Banfield. 3-1 win, went 1-0 down. Yeah, they had a bit of a dodgy start, early. but they... Um, they brought I mean, it around. Yeah, I mean, the, the equaliser came through. Uh, sorry, I've not given Banfield's player the credit that he deserves for opening the scoring. That was Renato Sibeni heading in from a free kick. Um, and the equaliser was also a header from a defender, Javier Pinona, scoring his first goal for River. Yeah. Yeah, it must be, yes. wasn't it? Uh, he made up for his error on the Sibeli goal. He was his. Yes, I thought you were going to say his goal. error on uh, Ricchieri. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, Pinola has since on was it yesterday morning? On Monday morning, yeah. Monday morning, um, he uh, hit somebody who had got out of his car to change a tire or something. Yeah, um, the guy's in hospital, I, yeah. I believe. Got to say, motorway's not a good place to get out and change a tire. No, especially on, in Argentina, but that, that doesn't really excuse, anywhere really. Like. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't excuse what happened. Um, but apparently, Pinola's been allowed to sort of go free and is. is yeah. yeah, because he helped the guy, helped, helped the guy. And yeah, he wasn't a hit and run. Place, okay. Uh, until he went to the hospital. So. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, back to the football. Uh, Gonzalo Martinez put River 2-1 up uh, shortly before half-time. A great Pinola nice assist. Yes. Pinola... Yes, that was the one that Pinola set up, of course yes. it was. Oh, of course it was, because Skokos was a penalty, wasn't it? Uh, and then Ignacio Cocos. You know, yeah, making, making a one-two with De La Cruz, the Uruguayan guy uh, that uh, made his debut, official debut for River, and it was a great, great play from from Pinola. And then yes, Piti Martinez with the goal that reminded a lot of people the one that Pesculici scored against Boca in the Copa Sudamericana in 2014. Mm. Uh, yes, an alternative formation, but a surprising good result according to the ra- the performance that River has been showing in the recent matches. Yeah. yeah but yeah, they, they play well, given the, the pitch condition. It was too... Yeah. Yeah, it was a very wet pitch as well in the Monumental. The, the, the Monumental pitch, sort of, I think the drainage system is a bit better than the one at Lanus, as you'd expect, because the national team play there normally. Well, we'll get on to that later. Um, but, obviously, the, the match was two hours earlier, so it stopped raining 
an hour, an hour and a half or so before that game kicked off. Um, it did get notably better during the match, which was the really sort of strange thing when you could almost see the drainage system but, work. But during the say, match. We should say both of them games were in doubt before kickoff. Yes, they were. People yeah. weren't sure whether we sure even had news or. Yeah. 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 They always are once they it starts raining and they mm. sh- really shouldn't. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, in the league at least. I remember the Argentina Brazil two years ago, that wasn't, wasn't it? Two or one? No, one. A year ago. A year, a year ago, ago, yeah, yeah. Which, which got delayed by a day uh, ah, because of, of rain. Did, yeah. And that rain was not as bad as the River Boca that I had also gone to. <laughs> no, the River Boca was bad. By a day. Uh, Made worse by Bechardo's decision to still have water thrown on the pitch yes. after yeah, the yeah. rain. <laughs> Which was, well, was one really of the greatest managerial decisions ever. I can assure, as somebody who was at that game, I can assure you there was no after the rain, because the rain just, it carried on absolutely fucking hammering <laughs> it down all, the, all, all afternoon. Um, but yes, it was. Um, so yeah, decent performance from River. They are in action in the Libertadores. Uh, somebody, I can't remember whether it was Julian or Andres, mentioned that it was a sort of funny River lineup. That's because they have their Libertadores quarterfinal first leg um, away to Jorge Wilstermann, who you might remember put Atletico Mineiro out in the previous round um, on Thursday night for some reason the Libertadores first legs are all tonight apart from that one game not sure why it's, it's this one that we're watching now and then the two other ones are both at quarter to ten this evening no idea why Wilstermann we'll against Rivers tomorrow um, Independiente got a 1-1 one, one draw away to Olimpo which it's sort of not an unusual result, really, for a big five-side going to Bahia Blanca. A draw being held. Olimpo seemed to pick themselves up against bigger yeah, teams they, and perform significantly better than they do against the not-so-big ones. They played good games against the, the big clubs, but uh, Independiente was in control of the game, and then the, the equaliser came on a long ball that uh, I think was Amorevieta. Mm. Uh, yeah. Could have been. He slipped and left everybody onside, and scored. Yeah. Yeah. It was similar perhaps to the Triberio goal from Temple, <laughs> yeah. Temple from for Racing. Uh, and, but it is, the bitter taste for independent supporters is that they were winning the match and they the, the, the equalizer came mm, very short time. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, uh, nice choice of Luis Vila equalized for Olimpo with about twenty minutes to go. It's from um, River and the Mendoza. Rivadavia Mendoza. Ah really, that's very strong. Irony of ironies. Um, on Tuesday night in the Copa Sudamericana, Independiente's A team um, were involved in a match that was sort of. I, I thought the first half were just sort of fairly quietly decent, not bad, not particularly good. And then the second half, it caught fire. Um, second half was, was, for a neutral at least, it was fantastic. I'm not so sure I'd be quite as uh, enthusiastic about it if I was an Independiente or an Atletico Tucumán fan. Uh, Independiente. Had a penalty say it was saved. The penalty was yeah. saved, penalty and was Leandro saved Fernandez yes. had the rebound. It was impossible to miss, but he did. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And then a few minutes later, Atletico Tucumán got given a penalty for handball when the ball had hit an Atletico Tucumán hand, uh, so it shouldn't have been given. Um, Luis Rodriguez scored, but the referee, rightly if unusually, um, ordered it retaken for encroachment. You can't do that kind of stuff against Pulida. I'm sorry. No, indeed. And he had it saved, so some justice was, was done, although I'm sure Dan won't agree. Um, 
Don't mess with Bully. <laughs> He's our hero. And then Independiente managed a, a late winner via, uh, I can't remember who scored it. But in Benitez. Benitez. Martin 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 Benitez. Benitez. Of course, Martin Benitez. With a lovely strike. Absolutely cracking goal, yeah. Um, so thoroughly entertaining. Who reportedly has a muscle tear and played through it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why he, I think he didn't start. Oh, yeah, he was a doubt to play. Right. He was. I don't know if he started, but. Uh, I, mean, they I think he did start men. in the end, yeah. Because mm. Talia Fico got. A lot of, a lot of the time. Uh, uh, great part of the match with 10 men because of Telegrafico sent off then Subutoni I think it was he, he at the end of the match he was also sent yeah. off because he touched when we talked about the referees and the criteria they used to, to send off players because of kicks or, 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 or something like that in that, ca- in that case he touched Campania the, the goalkeeper mm. of Independiente and Campania made oh and he <laughs> He slipped or he dived into the floor and, and, and well, the referee sent Zbutani off. Yeah. Um, so that meant that Independiente went through 3 1, 2 1 on aggregate. 2 1 on aggregate, yeah. Have I got that right? Yes, of course, yeah. They lost 2 1 on the night and Atletico took them out and won the first leg 1 Um So they're through to the the quarter final, is it now, in the Sudamericana? I can't remember I what know. round are you in now. Yes, yep. we're in the last 16 at the moment. Lovely. So Independiente are through to the quarterfinal. Racing will hope to follow them later this evening. You'll have a well, no, they won't, sorry, because it's their first leg, isn't it? It was Independiente's second leg. It's very, very confusing. There could be a Clásico de Janeiro on the Copa Sudamericana. One with the clash in the court. I don't know, actually. I haven't seen uh, the trace. No, I think that will, that will be in the semifinals. Or because the quarterfinals, the rival of Independiente should be Nacional de Paraguay or Estudiantes. I think that's nice if uh, Racing yes. go through Corinthians and one more round Independiente go through I'm going to attempt to look it up now hopefully the pages will load a bit more quickly than this page has loaded uh, and then just straight to the stack page that could be interesting meanwhile let's talk about another game Yes. Um, Vélez don't appear to be entirely awful so far, no. but then they did this yeah. last year as well. They started off they sort of fairly well, and then it turned out no, they were still shit. They had good players <laughs> last year, but yeah, Vargas and Maxi Romero really bad luck. Yes. Mm. Top in the table at the moment, aren't they? Maxi Romero is on fire right now. Yeah, Everything he does is good. Um, the, the Commonwealth website offers no hint as to which matches are going to be against which others in the I reckon Wikipedia is probably going to be your place. I suggest Promedios. Right, we'll say. Yes, start Wikipedia. Well, is there an Argentinian team on the Copa Sudamericana? No. We have, right, Atletico Tucumán are out now. Uh, then you've got Estudiantes, Racing, Independiente. I think it wants to write. There we go. Think At else? the moment, Racing are playing Corinthians and would play Independiente in the semi-finals if both teams get there. Ooh. Estudiantes play Nacional of Paraguay, as Dan mentioned, and that is it. Independiente Atlético Tucumán, of course, was the all-Argentine round of 16 game in Independiente through. Um, so if Estudiantes can overturn a 1-0 first le- leg deficit against Nacional, we will have a guaranteed Argentine semi-finalist. Yeah. And obviously, if Racing get through there as well, then we'd have a guaranteed Argentine finalist against probably, given the number of Brazilian teams in the other half. I'm rooting for a Clásico de Janeiro, Sudamericana semi final. That would be. Ah, be beautiful. That'd be good fun. I wonder if they're let away fans in. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This, this <laughs> game we were just watching, Copa Libertadores, is yeah. having away fans. 
There's uh, like 4,000 Lanus fans. Lanus 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 seems to exist in a different plane of area. They can host away fans and they They let them travel. The the other thing is that this game, of course, is taking place in in the city. Whereas for the second leg of this and also for any potential uh, semi-final clash of the Sudamericana involving any of the Argentine sides would be the province and Aprovide would probably be a bit more... I don't know. Domestically, the province has had all the home games. Yeah. Ciudad hasn't had a single one with away fans. Province oh, allowed. Yeah. Province yeah. allowed away fans. Sometimes and, uh, with the city 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 done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we shall have to wait and see. Uh, the exactly San Lorenzo allowing away fans is the the novelty here. Yeah. Which. Okay. Um, both of the newly promoted sides. We should talk about them, however briefly. Uh, managed to score one goal. On yeah. that comeback to the Primera, Argentinos didn't get any points. Chacarita did get one, thanks to a very, very late uh, free kick from El Martinez, whose first Emmanuel name Martinez. is Emmanuel Martinez. This That's website Emmanuel Martinez. is not very good at first initials at all. But wasn't it given as a, as a an own goal? Because it? yeah, it was an own goal yeah. because the the shot hit the post and it went off Chiarini's back. Ah. Yeah. Goalkeeper's nightmare. But you know how Argentinian football is, and yeah, probably is. an own goal if you can pretend that it wasn't an own goal, yeah, even yeah. though it clearly was. And there's no record. Uh, it basically <laughs> is just us mm. saying, ah, it's goal for him, <laughs> goal for them. So Argentinos played very well against Perdonato, at least for I don't know how many minutes it took, 36 minutes. Yeah. They dominated every, every aspect of the game. They were one up, and then their, the goalkeeper made a an error on a, on a cross and it led to the Lucas Marquez equalizer. But Argentinos plays very well. Yeah, they, they like to get it down and clearly from the little that I saw of that game I get the impression that Alfredo Berti who's obviously come in to replace Gabriel Heinze um, is trying to take them along a similar... Yeah, they had Ber- a... Berti was the youth team manager or the assistant manager or something, wasn't it, before Heinze... Why did Heinze step down? Because I was in England when this happened. He no, he just the pretty much decided to step, to step down, down even yeah. at the end of the season, like right. before they the last game. Actually, weren't paying him for a couple of months, I think, uh-huh, and okay. he just chugged along until the end of the season, and then he said, "I'm out." Right. I believe Berti before he had a very short spurt in yours as a coach, yeah. where previously he was the youth team coach. Mm. He was I set to know, yeah. he replaced. I don't know if it was the first one to replace Martino. Yes, because they wanted to keep it in this club, doing yeah. that kind of thing. And, and they yeah. said, "Let's bring uh, Martino Discipline. Argentina played really well. They started uh, almost the exact same eleven that they play in the, uh, in the Nacional B. Uh-huh. And the guy, the player who made the error that led to the Patronato's second goal, was Pisculici. This came on in the second half, yeah, yeah. for Colman, and he was the only Argenti- Argentino player who truly played at National B speed was Pisculici, who was out of shape. Yeah, he's <laughs> very bad. Something that has to do with the perhaps the coach Cochete should have known that he was not with the rhythm to play. Yeah, it. but a player like Pisculici, I don't know. It's like it's a gamble, isn't it? Because he might do something, he might get a free kick and win the game for you. Like even Argentina, if he's only at sixty percent. I think uh, Berti's trying to. I don't know respect Heinz's formation they still play a 4-3-3 they still play every ball from the back mm. yeah it's going to be tough to take keep chances but Pisculici went uh, sub in for Coleman 
and played on the left midfield. You can play Pekulic in a three-man midfield on no. the left. <laughs> and he no. was no. clearly out of sorts, and he made the error that led to Padronato's second goal. The Argentino side, by the way, uh, included in the starting lineup one, and on the bench another of the McAllister brothers, who yeah. are the second generation of brothers in the McAllister family mm. to play Primera football in Argentina because the older ones whose names I've forgotten now Carlos Carlos Javier Patricio Patricio that sounds right yeah were they came for Argentinos as well and was it uh, Patricio who played for Boca Carlos 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 and he's now the Minister for Sport yes and they the reason that I remembered it was that they also run or certainly used to run um, a like a football academy for kids out in Buenos Aires province somewhere. La Pampa, um, no? They're from La Pampa. In La Pampa, thank you, yes. Um, which I suspect is where these, these kids, Alexis and Kevin McAllister. Um, Kevin McAllister was the name of the kid in Home yeah. Alone. In Home Alone. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Ah. No, it was McKenzie. Was it not McKenzie? Kevin? No, Kelvin McKenzie is the ex of the son who lied about the How can you get Macaulay Culkin's character and Kelvin McKenzie mixed? What a mistake. Anyway, um, Carlos McAllister, who played for Boca, was a left back and he mm. got trashed severely by Ortega at the Bombonera in yeah. a 3-0 Clásico and most mm. people argue that it cost him the, a place in the Kevin World McAllister squad. was left back in Chicago when his family no. went on vacation. Uh-huh. So there you go. The rumor goes that uh, <laughs> it's, it was, all, it's all related. He got so abused by Burrito Ortega at the Bombonera that Coco Asile decided I can't take this player to... USA in 94 with us because he just been abused by Ortega so he was I suppose he never tried to get a place in the Scotland team you know from some long lost some grandmother well it's not as easy as Ireland is it yeah. uh, the, really you've, you've well, got the whole agreement between the home nations the second goal for Patronato was called by uh, yeah. I was think uh, Rivas Sebastián Rivas yeah. it's a Uruguayan player who actually played everywhere uh, like it's like his Twelve club, yeah. I think. Let's have some fun and looking he up. He came from Ukraine. I seem to recall. Played for Inter Genoa, and he's one of those mysterious players. One of those Uruguayans that play to everyone. Oh. Yeah. Juventud de las Piedras in Uruguay. Then Inter Spezia Calcio, nineteen oh six. Inter in Italy. Then Dijon Genoa. in France. Then Genoa in Italy. Then Sporting Monaco, in Portugal, Monaco, Monaco, Barcelona of Ecuador. Racing Strasbourg of France, Football Club Cartagena of Spain, Phoenix and River Plate of Uruguay, Venados of Mexico, Carpati Lviv in Ukraine. So he played everywhere, and suddenly he appears in Padronato, and it was his first game in Padronato, he scored. And something that surprised me, there is an English player here in Argentina. Yes, there is. Playing for El Porvenir, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say the one who's playing for uh, Godoy Cruz. Ah, yeah. Because Bell Poyet's son. Ah, okay, son. but there's... Born, born in Spain, but apparently considers himself British. Uh, there is another one I'm, that's... I'm sure he's currently yeah. keeping that quite quiet yeah. while he's in Argentina. Yeah. But, but, but go on. There's a, another one, I forgot the surname, yeah. but at El Porvenir, uh, he's English. And the Portuguese one, Leal, from that's playing for news. And yeah. I yeah, had a chance against... Uh, and the Japanese kids in Doksud as well. It's yeah. <laughs> like yes. two or three... Over here, and the Australian that I don't know whether he's there were Australians in River Plate as well. Yeah, yeah, there were several. I remember Ozzy Dan went to uh, yeah. interview him one day. I don't know so what what would have become like of 
exotic nationalities in the Argentine. Who the kind of Cameroonian guy? He's from African. I think he's still in Uruguay, but they never. They never play. They never signed him to the first. Yeah, I think the origin of that player is from perhaps Africa. It's from Nigeria or something like well, that. Well, it's, it's from Essex, apparently. Oh. But yeah, it, from his, I, I'm guessing that looks like a Nigerian surname to me. Oh, yes. um, but yeah. Well, there we go. We'll have to see if we can get an interview with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the, by far the deepest coverage we've ever given to the what, division around Pomenir in the sea. From Seva's local club. They are, yeah. From Herli. He was the, the closest club to where Seva yeah. was born. Um, Good out, Seva. They are currently in the... Primera C. They must be in the same, mustn't they? Their Wikipedia is being... Ah, oh yeah, there we are. Primera C. Well done. Um, anyway, that probably concludes the first half because we've been recording for, God, nearly 50 minutes. So we're going to take a break now, refill our glasses, and when we come back, we'll answer a few listeners' questions and mop up one or two bits and pieces about where the national team are playing next and whatnot. We have changed channels, first of all, so we can't keep you updated on San Lorenzo Lanos, but I will give you the full-time score. Um, because we have a Boca fan in our midst, unfortunately, we have to watch the Copa Argentina this evening, as if that was a serious thing that anybody liked. Um, <laughs> Guillermo Brown versus Boca in... Mendoza? Mendoza. Mendoza. Nil-nil uh, after 17 minutes so far. We will, of course, keep you up to date with that as we record. Um, Actually, San Lorenzo has gone two up. And Lanus, there was uh-huh. a penalty on Blandi. I'm tempted to be really cheeky and log into. Fox well, it's Sports too early to say that, but it uh, uh, looks on. like San Lorenzo will be. Well, now they, they are clearly favourite favourites yeah. to advance to semi-finals. And, uh, you would have to say so at this stage. Uh, oh, Blandi with another one as well. Yeah. The Copa Argentina yeah. is also important. I agree. I just don't really tend to pay attention to it before about the quarterfinals. Whole thing with. Argentinian clubs and their how to get to the Copa Libertadores. Yeah. No, if we win the Copa Sudamericana, we get to the Copa Libertadores. Yeah, you win a title too. Uh, nobody win the Copa Argentina. Absolutely. Um, you know, Aaron. Anyway, the national team are going to play for the first time in about 357 years. No, not that many. Uh, actually, they played in 98 against Colombia. 98? That recently? Yeah. I thought it was 80 something. No, 97. I think. Yeah, there are more uh, still a player, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He played. He scored. Argentina tied with Colombia, one-one, on the road to France. Uh, re- oh, that recently. Because yeah, the, yeah. the one that I'd heard about was the Peru. Yeah, well, that's sixty-nine. 69. Which was that was it, right? I thought that was the last time. No, the last time was uh, actually that one. Uh-huh. Road to Francia. Uh, Argentina won. Colombia won. I uh, don't remember who scored for Argentina, but Valderrama scored for Colombia. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Argentina are going back to La Bombonera. This is because the Monumental is clearly the reason um, that they haven't been able to get results. No doubt. Uh, There's absolutely no doubt about this. Never mind all of the previous World Cup qualifiers where they managed to get through fairly easily in previous years. Um, They're returning to their spiritual home. 
if you can't hear the sarcasm, then I pity you. Um, why is this happening, in, in, in short? Is it because of anything at all sensible? Is it just because of change for the sake of change? Because of Angelici, basically. Uh-huh. Angelici, who's very ah. tight with Tapia and has kind of, you know, brought him round to this way of thinking. What advantage is there for, for Boca if the national team play in their stadium, though? The advantage for Boca is the fact Boca and the Bombonera will be on TVs all around the world for the qualifier. I and think there's well, no advantage get... at all for Boca. No, you don't think they're going to get a, no. a, a cut? I'm actually of the opinion, opinion that Boca fans. No, I'm actually of the opinion, opinion that Boca fans would prefer that Argentina didn't play at the Bombonera. Uh huh. I don't know. I, I guess the Boca will be happy because they'll take care of the parking. Yeah, Boca Barra is no good. Yeah. Yeah. Ticket yeah. resales. Ticket resales, yeah. yeah they They'll say that the, the people is closer, but perhaps Boca supporters make a move, the Bombonera move, like they say, but not the Argentina national team supporters. Right. No, yeah. national yeah. team supporters are a different, yeah, different, a different breed altogether, yeah. There was a movement about last year mm-hmm. of Argentina playing at the Bombonera, yeah. and I had to go to um, the Boca match exactly after it. And I got to ask the Boca fans about it. How do they feel? How they feel about Argentina playing there? They said that even mm. though they welcome it, they probably wouldn't go. And that's yeah. the thing with uh, Argentina. Yeah. Uh, normal weekend fans don't go to watch Argentina. No, the fans of the clubs like. Uh, I go to watch Boca if I were a fan, but yeah. I wouldn't go to watch Argentina. And I've seen. Three Argentina matches on the stadium mm-hmm. ah. in my whole life. I've been to, I don't yeah. know, yeah. five thousand Boca matches. And if you ask any fan, you know, any diehard club fan, if they'd rather see Argentina in the World Cup or their team champions of Primera, who are they going to It's their team champions. I don't know. That's uh, well. There's a difference in perspective here because I mean. I'm not meaning to, to mock here, Dan, but you know, Racing haven't been champions of Primera as many times as Boca or, or River have. But certainly, I mean, I think if you then maybe switch that to Libertadores champions, or Libertadores, then yeah. it starts to become a more. Uh, <laughs> there's a bit more of a decision to be made for a lot of people, probably, yeah. Um, but I, I have to say, as, as somebody who does go to, to Argentine national team matches more often than not, uh, one of the things that I like best about going there is that there's, there's none of the sort of aggro and all of the security nonsense and always wondering who's looking at you in the crowd and stuff. You just sort of walk up. It's a much more relaxed atmosphere, and I really enjoy that. You can just concentrate on just exactly. watching the football. But if, for which reason? But that I'm, relaxed atmosphere is why Argentina are losing. <laughs> but for that reason, I'm not. There's no way I'm going bloody going to the game in, in La Boca. Why not? Uh, <laughs> It's much better to watch a game. I've, 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 I've been I've been robbed three times since moving to Buenos Aires, oh. and all three of those times were in La Boca. The worst. <laughs> one, of, one of them was inside La Bombonera on the other I have a, <laughs> I think if I were a, a, an Argentina going mm. fan, I would prefer going to a match in La Bombonera and then going at River. Mm. They're much closer. If I want to watch Messi, it, it is, because for the sake yeah. of watching Messi, it's much better to watch Messi. In La Humanidad than to watch Messi as, at Cancha de Río. As someone, and I'm sure that Dan will agree, as, as somebody who you know, grew up watching football in English stadia, which are much closer to the, the pitch than, exactly. certainly, than certainly the Monumental, uh, La Bombonera does offer a little bit more of that kind of experience. Argentina has played recently at uh, River, and before that they played in Cordoba and Mendoza. They played one game in San Juan, which is uh, Tiger Stadium. Mm. But if I were... Uh, a fan who goes to the match to watch Argentina mm. 
for the sake of watching the players and the game being closer yeah. would be beneficial. But I think that's the that's the point. Mm. No regular Argentina fans don't go to selection mm. matches. Mm. But then if we're going to look at this tactically, because the way I see it, there's two ma major drawbacks to this. There's one which is kind of a football drawback and one financial, which is fairly self-explanatory. Yeah. Like Bombonera is, stadium. what, 20,000 less capacity, which means 20,000 fewer tickets, quite a lot. 15, no? 15. is about 50,000. It depends on how many they give to Peru, but give or take, I don't think it's more than mm. 12. Yeah, Most. 12, maybe 15. But that's quite a lot of money if you're thinking every, you know, on average a ticket's going to go for 500 pesos, 500 again, times 15,000 is, is a financial hit, let's mm -hmm. say. The second thing... Well, they'll charge more for the, the ah, tickets. So there we go. So. Lucky fans. So <laughs> they're going to be really on... They're going to be really on the players' backs and if they want to get their money's worth. Mm. The second one I was saying, football, is... As I understand, the Bombonera is more of a compact ground. It hasn't got the same dimensions as the Monumental really? pitch. I was watching a discussion on Day Say the other day where they said that the pitches are exactly the same size. Exactly the same size. On, yes. on TV, La Bombonera looks a bit smaller because of the different cameras. Because of the different the, camera the different, um, camera It is angles, exactly the same size. So the pitch yeah, dimensions yeah, are the same. 105 times 70. Yeah. Oh. Right. So there I you go. do think the La Bombonera play, uh, Argentino's pitch is not that much smaller than a river speech but it plays smaller because of the the proximity of the walls mm. so yeah. both teams actually I think subconsciously uh, they like to come inside because they don't want to be smashed up against the wall that's uh, it seems like a joke but it's it, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what happens Makes they sense. both play they don't play as wide as they play no, on, on other matches because of of the proximity of the walls I think that may take into account but yeah. once you're inside the pitch I don't yeah. think that that matters. Argentinos is definitely a ground that we go to to watch the national team. I don't think it's I don't know why they don't go to That's the thing. If Argentina really yeah. wanted to have a home field advantage, they would play at San Telmo, Isla Maciel, and <laughs> kind of that. And I'm not sure how they come to the national team. <laughs> fans, with that. Three tickets. You get three tickets to watch <laughs> your team at San Telmo. That would be fantastic. So, Angelich here. Tapia, I hope you're listening. Take it to San Telmo. You think it's really an Angelici thing to have Argentina play at Boca? I think he's he fairly in favour of it, yeah. Force, no? yeah. And the fact he's denied he was um, the voice behind it makes me think even more um, that he is the voice behind it. I'm far from the Angelici apologist, but uh, I don't think that's no? really quite his making. Okay. Uh, maybe, I don't know. but uh, it, It's certainly, I mean, the media have definitely sort of driven into it as well I'm not accusing you personally Julian, no. obviously, but, I'm the um, media <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're the media representative <laughs> here um, but no I mean I, I think that there's there's definitely a, a, a section of particularly the broadcast media who, who seem to have been talking about this even before it actually became a thing as you said like a year or two years ago um, and so it's strange it kind of grabbed the so, yeah, force sort of, almost right after exactly. full time it started with Venezuela right when, yeah. When yeah. Bausa was still the coach and Argentina was due to play Chile, mm. the, the, the rumor yeah. mill started, ah, Argentina yeah. has to play at Boca. I think my favourite bit about all of this was uh, Sambali's reaction. He just kind of said, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> play it wherever you want, just don't but make me travel. It's really easy to talk about the pitch and not talk yeah. about the... The game's going to be one on the field with 
depending on what the players do. The pit, Speaking as the, stadiums, the media, hmm. you know. it's much easier to discuss if uh, Boca speech favors yeah. or not than to discuss the lack of a good passer. In yes, so, yeah, precisely, so, yeah. Uh, I say you can read my thoughts. Wait out for the debate. Just if I can get a quick plug in, you can read my thoughts on this uh, this Saturday in Perfil. Where my in the Buenos Aires Times, so the Buenos Aires Times as well. Online, yeah. Uh, for our sure, that'll be coming out. Um, on the many of our listeners abroad, by the way, will have probably heard that the Buenos Aires Herald, the the very long running, 140 year old or something. 147. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, English language newspaper here in, in Buenos Aires um, is is now defunct. It, it died a month or so ago, two months ago probably, because I was still here before going on holiday. Start of August, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, so I was on holiday when I heard about it. Um, Dan was was among their correspondents and is is now part of the team behind the Buenos Aires Times, which is a weekly um, English language uh, supplement to Perfil. Yeah, so you comes out in every Saturday's Perfil on a newspaper stand near you, or online. I'll try. The Herald going down is truly a shame, but. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and we will try to, well, particularly if you follow Dan on Twitter, I'm sure he'll be tweeting links to his articles as they go up. Anyway, now we're going to get on to some listeners' questions. Arsenal Fanatic, we've had a lot of them. Arsenal Fanatic says, ground with the best atmosphere on a regular basis and not just for the Classicos, etc. Racing, obviously. Well, you see, yeah, but you were saying earlier that it's a bit <laughs> rubbish without the, the flags and the drums, weren't you? So. Well, I mean, that's part of the atmosphere. You know, if you don't have people in the stadium as well, that yeah. affects the atmosphere. Um, I don't know. There's something about the Racing atmosphere because, like, it's kind of unique I in Argentina in that it's a I think it's the massive, best. you know, monolithic ground, but also has the atmosphere of like an intimate stadium. I think it's the roof. It helps to keep the sound. It's the roof. Yeah, the roof definitely helps. Um, Boca. Boca. <laughs> I think uh, this is going to be quite a actually uh, no like Racing too, but uh, Boca does have a, a good atmosphere. It does. It does. Yeah. The, be- the best atmosphere I've ever experienced at a game was Argentinos against Independiente when they came back from 3-2 down after 90 minutes to win 4-3 after 93 Argentinos is a nice ground too. But it has it, a nice atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's pretty good. The it's thing is, when, when Argentinos aren't playing well, and that's been the case for most of the time since I went to that match, uh, their fans can really turn on the team. Mm. Yeah, they do. I mean, not quite as badly as Huracan maybe, but... Among the worst that well, I've, I've among seen. Among the ma- fans who turn on their team, Racing and their fans are the... <laughs> never, no, never. The epitome of turning on their fans. Please. They were ready to hang Bo and Coca from the Obelisco and then there's suddenly gods and deities. Always gods. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah. In the interest of neutrality, I will uh, cast my vote along with Dan's for, for Racing on a regular basis. Newell's has a great atmosphere, so that's oh, I've only been to one game at Newell's, but yeah. Which sad. actually, they went over too far. They mm. both. Yeah, the Rosario side also. Rosario Central. Central. Ah, I mentioned yeah. them both, but I think yeah. they've gone a bit too far. They just yeah. turned it over. Oh, definitely, yeah, for the Classicals in particular. Uh, Ryan Ross says, Hi guys, what do you make of Maxi Rodriguez's time at Newell's? Will he be considered a great there? Oh, he, he already is, is. Yeah. 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 Totally. I think if he... You just take the fact that he scored against Central away on the 90, uh, on stoppage time. Yeah. That alone gets him to Newell's Pantheon. If, if, you, if you go there, which, as we just said, I have, and Julian has, and... Oh, yeah, I've been. Yeah, Dan, Dan has. Andres, have you? Yes, and, well, the stoppage time also is Mexico for the national team. Yeah. <laughs> but but if, if you go there, then they have banners with yes. Maxi's face, Martino's face, face, and yeah. Messi's face. 
so that gives you an idea of how highly he's thought of. It also yes. gives you an idea of just if how highly Messi is thought has, of. If he had done just that, that goal, mm. he would have been a legend forever and he's yeah. had so many. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see again a, a Clásico de Rosario with he's both at, sides. He's at Peñarol right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, because that's that's a proof that he was uh, really, he had the news perhaps tattooed in his soul because mm. he could have been, uh, he could have uh, gone to another Argentinian team. And yeah, River were interested in mm. yes. Racing or... No, Racing. Independiente were interested, Boca were interested in Maxi for quite a long time. Mm. Orion and Gago, both uh, national team yeah. partners, recruited him many um, times and he was... He even, I think, had a meeting with a couple of front office people and yeah. he decided against it because of the what Newell's huh. fans would have, would have said. Oh, okay. Instead of Newell's. Definitely, I do. Leo Russomano asks Rila Selección that one position that they're missing at midfield, who are the top five Argentines there in your view? Julian very helpfully has followed that up by asking which position specifically, so that gives us an opportunity. So roving Vidal and midfielder, right? That we um, talked about last week. Exactly. Yeah, I'm assuming that Leo is referring I think to the, the discussion that we had last uh, week. In my opinion, I wasn't here last week. Argentina liked a um, central midfielder yeah. who could pass through the exactly, lines. Exactly. Yeah, break but along I think the lines they, and, and they have exactly something. that guy in well, in Banega and Paredes. Paredes plays that position for but Roma. Banega's, I mean, a little bit deeper sitting, no. But we're looking. We were talking about somebody who also runs beyond the lines as well as just sort of like an passes. Arturo Vidal. In Chile, I don't think they have that one, yeah. but I think they could use and benefit from Paredes playing as a deep line midfielder and uh -huh. getting the ball up to Messi, so Messi doesn't have to uh, drop that deep. Pizarro was I, by watching the games, both against Uruguay and Venezuela, I thought he was afraid of passing yeah. between the lines. Angel Correa, maybe, but Angel he Correa. tends to be more on the wing. I wonder if one day it couldn't be Messi, even. Yeah. Since he already has to do that role as well you, as go up front, why not just you may laugh at put me, him as Iniesta and, and make him do that with Dybala uh, further up? Uh -huh. You think Argentina lacks a midfielder who, I don't know, just breaks, kind of breaks lines, yeah. Breaks without lines, the ball or with the box. Or with Both. a pass? Yeah. Both. Both. Uh, the one who had a good understanding with Messi and broke lines with passes was Gallo. Yes. I was going this to is say very that, true. especially when you see the pass that he gave Messi in Chile at the, yeah. the Monumental at the Santiago. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's no, it's no coincidence that the Argentina team played best with Gallo yeah. in that 2014 team before the World Cup. But he just unfortunately he just gets so injured all the time. And he does still tend to sit deeper. And, and I, uh, there was a discussion last mm. week on one of the channels, I can't remember which one, asking whether the best doble cinco, double five, sort of two holding midfielder formation for the, the national team would be Gago and Poncio. <laughs> and I just, I was almost holding my head in my hands watching it, thinking, no, that's not, like, I mean, as you say, Gago gets injured a lot. Mm. Um, and, and perhaps isn't as dynamic as, as, as Argentina need. But, I mean, Poncio... As a River sympathiser, yeah, I, I love him for what he, he's done for River, but the national team... No, he's, he's not to be international he's, class, no. How is he possibly near that level? Um, I think Paredes could do that. Could okay. be there, Paredes uh, with time if he get, has Paredes, be there. Paredes started out as a number, more of a number 10. He was he a number 10, he's now ten. playing deeper since uh, going to Italy. Carlo Rianchi, who used to be a Bocas coach mm. and had a brief spell of, some say senility, I don't want to go that far, <laughs> as Bocas manager... 
Once after a game against estudiantes said that Paredes, then a number 10 and nearly a forward, reminded yeah. him of Michael Balak. And people laughed at him and he ended up being exactly yeah. like yeah. Michael Balak, a central midfielder with a great mm. first pass and good shooting from outside. And he could be that. He doesn't run without the ball. He's mm. a great passer, but he doesn't run without the I don't think Arginier is a holding midfielder. No, no, no there's nothing no. to hold. To. No. He needs a Poncio and Paredes, perhaps. Yeah, so then we need three more. No, I like Banega. This is the thing. If I like Banega. But he's just for a top five. Um, Paredes, Gago. I think we mentioned last like week, like, uh, I mentioned at least, Lamela when he's fit could yeah. be the guy. Okay, yeah. But Lamela plays on the wing. But he can play he through the middle. As well. yeah. Possibly, I mean, since he's gone to England, uh, he, he's, he seemed to enjoy getting his knees dirty, Lancini. Lancini. But he does need to... Sort of keep a level up yeah. for a good half season to a season they before play he really much be up the field then much more up the field yeah. than the well that's, that's what I'm saying Lantini especially when he was at River obviously was was much more of a sort of typical number ten but since he's gone to West Ham he seems to enjoy closing yeah, out he played players in the he enjoys way. going in for attack the thing is well. yeah. how do you fit Dybala and Messi with Lancini or Lamela you, well, you can't well, Dybala has a really tall further up or Messi further up and have the yeah. other one dropping in the hole. Dybala has already said for me going to be making has already said Dybala that he's very, it's difficult to play with Messi mm. not because of Messi of course but because of the positions of course yeah. even though the last couple of matches I'm still a Pastore apologist and <laughs> would prefer Pastore to play Pastore That's, could I, I, do it it's just I think when Pastore is in the mood I think he's yeah. clearly the choice for that but for the national team at least it just I really like him, but I, th- I think he's had one opportunity more than than he deserves now at the nat- national team level. That's a tough one. Just, I don't know. And, and in fact, when like, he had his opportunity with was the Copa America Chile, he played well. This is reminding sure me of something, things. by the way, because there was a lot of stuff going around Twitter over the weekend and on Argentine news sites about how one of the Argentine national team strikers were scoring goals again back at yeah. their clubs as if yeah. they were the problem. And I tried to point out on Twitter, that, you know how many assists of Argentine midfielders got this weekend and nobody replied to me it was a genuine question so I did the research myself no no but Pastore and Di Maria didn't play this is a hand of pods first because I actually researched the question <sighs> before doing it I went on who your own question yesterday. indeed I went on who scores yesterday um, and I had a look for assists by Argentines I, I couldn't get them just for this last weekend so this is so far this season in Europe mm-hmm. not just the ones in the national team but all of the European top flights that who scored do an easily clickable thing so the English Premier League, there's been one Argentine assist yeah. so far this season. It was Sergio yeah, Aguero. In Serie A, Gonzalo Higuain has set a goal up. He's not a midfielder either. He's not on the national team either. No, he's not. <laughs> but and he probably would, won't be on the next... Alejandro Gomez sorry, has got two assists. He was close so to the national team. And perhaps, yeah. you know, Lucas Castro's got one. And Rodrigo de Paul has got one now. About Alejandro Gomez? Rodrigo de Paul. Rodrigo de Paul. About Alejandro Gomez? Two racing players there. Pata Castro and de Paul. The rumors circling around are that that Sampaoli will call him up for the next two matches. Mm. Uh, Not just for his football in Mm -mm. provinces, but because he's a good uh, presence in the locker room on the build-up. He's kind of set to replace Lavesi as the no, jokester for <laughs> the, the new Lavesi. But uh, two assists, that's quite the, the number. Indeed. In La Liga, we've had two Argentine assists Messi. so far this season. One from Gabriel Mercado and one from Gustavo Cabral. Yeah. 
Okay, Kavralina. Russia, three from Sebastian Driussi, mm. who's also scored two goals, so he started very well. In Ligue 1, one assist from Angel Di Maria. In Portugal, Marcos Acuna has had three. In Turkey, there have been three in total. Pablo Batasha, Emmanuel Mas, and Oscar Scarione, who I've never Former Boca player. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And in the Alsvenskan, which is the Swedish first division, Stefanelli has scored one. The um, Not Dario Stefanelli, one of the other ones. Oh, so it's Acuna, basically. All, so the, all roads lead to Acuna. Precisely. So you need the Acuna best Argentine midfield in, in the, the starting line, in the midfield, not on the wing. Yes. And bursting beyond, because Perfect. there has to be a more creative presence in the midfield. Uh, more questions. If Acuna does play, he will play on the wing. Yeah, precisely. As long as it's that's not the right wing, let's say. <laughs> uh, right wing was thirsty. Yeah. But, but the midfield just looked flat to me. But anyway, we need to work through more questions, otherwise we're going to be going on for an hour and a half. Tom Robinson says, how do you think Amaral will do at Racing? Phenomenal talent, but one too many factores. Yeah, definitely one too many factores. But I really like him. Like When I saw him for um, Uruguay, um, I was always very impressed. I don't think he'll be playing that much, to be honest, because he's now behind uh, Lisandro Lopez, he's behind Treverio, he's behind Lautaro Martinez, when Lautaro no, is he's behind Saracho. Racing has one got, million and a half players. They've got plenty of, uh, plenty of forwards in there. Ibarwin as well, the Colombian. Um, he might have to wait his turn. That's why they wanted to send him to Gimnasia for the start of this year. Right. So he got a bit of game time while... you know. Argentinian clubs don't do... As often as loans to lesser clubs, they should. They Racing, for example. Well, Racing tried to do it with Amaral, but there was some sort of problem with Gimnasia and it. Fell In for many it. cases, as I speak with experience on this, mm. it's the manager's lack of confidence on sending them out. They think that if they, they think they're going to come back worse. No, no, ah. they come back worse. No, if they go and play well on the other yeah. club. They fear the, the backlash from people saying, ah, he's playing well in Gimnasia, why he's not in Racing? And that. Yeah. That's what happened Truly. in Racing with um, Jose Gomez, who exactly. played a few games for us, went off to Lanús on loan, did really well there, stayed at Lanús, mm. uh, has played for Argentina, and we still got Pichot. <laughs> Lucas Prato <laughs> was at Boca, and behind Palermo, behind Boselli, behind, and he wanted to go on, on loan in, yeah. to another club. Tigre came up as a possibly loan place and Miguel Russo was, no, I can't loan him. Why? You won't use him ever. No, no, I can't loan him. Why? Because he was afraid he would explode that Tigre. He didn't. Yeah. yeah, you'd rather have him brought in, in the reserves. Somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. In Catolica. Yeah. Gustavo Bow with, with River and the same. Yeah. Yes. So Tom's, to Tom's question, now what Amaral do at Racing, he's going to struggle to get into the team, but yes. he's clearly talented. He gets on the, game, on the field, I Tom. don't think he'll get to. Tom follows up by asking who were the best signings of the transfer window for you? How we were discussing this. We were discussing it in our drinks break. Indeed. Uh, we decided on Cardona, Enzo Perez. I'm partial to Triverio from what I've seen in the last couple of games. I think he's going to do very well in Racing. There weren't many big signings. There were no. many big departures and any, big any small signings. signings that strike you as potentially astute? Juan Chope and Huracan. I like both river signings, both Uruguayans, De La Cruz, mm. Hassan, mm. and Sarachi. Sarachi looked really good. Yeah. Yes, the other day he was surprised. And surprising, I don't know if the best, but surprising was Amorebeta for Independiente, playing Athletic Bilbao, uh, yeah. playing also for Venezuela national team. 
and no one I think uh, got him in the radar but I, saw on, I saw on Twitter when that was announced all the uh, athletic fans going thank you God thank he you struggled for getting rid of his player so far he struggled mightily he had a he's past his best I think it's very bad game against, uh, I, I, I mentioned it, it was yeah. probably responsible for Impulse goal I think that there weren't many big signings but there weren't many big departures real loss yeah. uh, yeah. Alario, Boca lost Centurion Boca didn't sign Tevez I, I think arguably the best signing in inverted commas could well be the fact that Boca hung on to Benedetto yeah mm. um, he was absolutely key to the, the title win and the fact that they've still got him is, is huge because he was <laughs> you could talk you know possibly the best definitely one of the top three strikers in the league last season and the other two strikers were an Ariel Andre see who, who left um, oh, we centre forward kind of striker yeah uh, Lautaro Martinez uh, for the second half of the season uh, yeah. played so season long few season yeah uh, consistency Simon, Simon Edwards who is one of uh, his brother Dan's um, colleagues on South American football podcasts I know he's not actually a brother it's just a joke because you share a surname no I was just trying to remember what the actual name of that podcast is because I don't think Go it's on. quite that no I can't it's remember it's not South American football is it it's, it's well foot- you, you should know this well they just ring me up and I talk like <laughs> <laughs> I never have time to look at the name anyway Simon uh, is a Colombia based journalist and he asks us he says Edwin Cardona's younger 21 year old brother Mateo has joined a different juniors Edwin's side for Boca Mateo has signed for Chacarita. Yeah. Uh, Simon says he's an incredible talent, but the worst attitude ever. Is Chacarita a good option? I wouldn't. Me- I'll tell is, him not is, to mess with the fans. Is Argentina a good option? Yeah, certainly. Don't mess with the that. Chacarita fans because you'll wake up to Chacarita find your lost, car burnt. I'd, I'd try not to go out drinking with Chacarita fans because Chacarita Los Salinas, who was their striker, yeah, yes. and the 1950s Toros, striker with Los Toros to Racing, another one who won't get a playing time in Racing. Rossi went back to lo- he was on loan at Chaka and he went he back went to back Russian, but he, yeah, he looks like he's going to get some game time eh? he like played it. against Olimpo but then again yeah. they just Racing lost against Olimpo he's so an option off the bench he's like, he could have chances get some time. he gets on the field the thing with um, really promoted teams is how much do they want to risk I don't know if Chacarita is yeah. in the position to risk exactly. playing yeah. Edwin Cardona's 21 year old brother <laughs> Against Tigre and, and their Clásico. Hmm. Well, we can have a look. They played Tigre, didn't they? Just this last week. Yeah, yeah. It was their Clásico. Did they? Where is it? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Finally, Tigre has a Clásico. Finally. I used to pair him up with Vélez in the least Clásico ever. <laughs> Doesn't look like he played, no. So, that's a no. Um, Luis Pessone replies to the earlier question about Maxi Rodriguez's place. He says he already is a Newell's legend. La Fiera is in the pantheon of Lepra greats, yet he gives up money and agrees to be traded so that the club can be in the Superliga. That's a very important thing mm. that Luis has remembered and that we didn't. Because uh, he Newell's in a lot of serious debt. financial de- debt mm. and basically Maxi agreed to be sold as did Nassau he moved to, to River, allowing them to... Newell's institutional... Oh, they're a complete yeah. shambles. And, and that's basically why Newell's have... Well, it's probably not because this is Argentina, but on paper, at least, that's why Newell's have been allowed to play this season um, with the new regulations in the Superliga. Um, Simon Edwards also asks, how many people know about Franco Armani? He went to Boca, nobody knew who he is. Me. 
yet. Uh, uh, Simon was was touting Armani says, for Argentina number well, he says, one. Will he ever get in an Argentina squad? But no. Armani, he's declared now for Colombia, hasn't he? He's, he's taken up Colombian nationality. I saw this. He's there or there. I don't know if he means an Argentina squad as a national team squad. He won't yeah. ever get a no. national team call. But he, he, he River will link with him. Boca will link with him well, yeah. Yeah. as well. Um, and Juventus yeah. as well, before the, uh, Chesney went. Yeah. The rumor Chesney. was that uh, about uh, two weeks ago that mm. Boca were about to sign him for next season once they lose, I don't know, Rossi or something. Yeah. Like they lost uh, Werner. Yeah. They didn't mm. mind much, but... But I, I think the answer is he's not going to get in an Argentina squad. No, no, no. He might very well get in a Colombia He's squad a lot closer like to Perez. Colombia than... I don't think it was... Whether that's right or not is, is not Who's necessarily... Who's dethroning Romero as Argentina's no. number one? He never plays. He has no chance to screw up. Mm. It's the best job in the world. It's perfect. Yeah. I stay in mm-hmm. the bench and... Well, once the League Cup starts, he'll, he'll be back in there. Um, Simon also clarifies about uh, Caradona, the younger... He's a number 10 who can score 40-yard free kicks, dribble, ping passes, and score from corners. Decision-making is terrible, lazy, arrogant, petulant. So, now that you've told us this, I'll keep an eye out for him, because he sounds magnificent. It sounds like a, a, a lot of fun. He's going to replace Soros. Chagarita having lost Soros, who was uh, yeah. instrumental mm. to their promotion, mm. yes. he went back to Racing. I don't know. Then again, how willing are Chagarita to bet on a... Colombian 20 year old yeah indeed for there uh, Luis um, comes back in to say it's probably an oversight and I realised that he's out with an injury but couldn't hand a pod 263 chat remit field provider for the national team have included Lancini well there we go I mentioned Lancini a few minutes ago yeah, also yeah. great to hand a pod again thank you Luis it's great to see your questions again as it is with all the rest of you as well Federico says I think the goalkeeper is the least of Argentina's worries I agree yeah. much I'd agree I think we all would um <laughs> Rupert responding to Simon's summation of Caldona the Younger says he sounds like everything I've ever wanted in a footballer. That's <laughs> <laughs> too, you Rupert. That's too. Old, and we then have a bit of a conversation which I'm just going to skip over. Caldona the Older has the same time. characteristic as the Caldona He had a great start, but um, he probably ended up in the same place. Rupert's dreaming of a, com- a Colombian Raquelme now and just gone into ecstasy. The comparison, Caldona Raquelme comparison is one of the worst drivers he's ever by Argentinian football media <laughs> a, I can think of a Chacarita member called Jose Quisonas mm. I know not whether he's a listener to the podcast or not says uh, butts into this conversation says dude Chacarita is the best option for this player Gaston Cochete Chacarita's coach has previous experience working with younger players there we go he used to be <laughs> a number 10 Gaston Cochete himself yeah. and so great to have a coach who he's has experience working with younger players that's clearly yeah. the only Chacarita that have it indeed Gaston works in the AFA, working with young prospects across the whole country. He could be the mentor at Cardona Nice, I hope so. Thank you very much for that, Jose, if you're listening. Um, that's, some, that's the sort of insight What's we actually genuinely could provide. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's quite a long Twitter conversation, which you can follow in our mentions. I'll maybe retweet a few. That's nice. After this Apparently, Chacarita beat West Bromwich to sign with Randomest single piece of Frankfurt news ever. Absolutely. That looks like all of it, which means that next, since nobody has yet challenged me on Twitter, you're going to hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. I haven't counted up how many I got last week. Uh, We're going to try and do this relatively quickly, so I'm not going to count them up right now, but I will stick it on the blog as usual, um, and then I'll make up some more predictions as I go along in just a second. Don't go away.
Okay, this week's matches are as follows, and my predictions for them are as follows. If you want to challenge me next week, then I will predict the matches, and then you can predict the matches as well. Just tweet in to Handapod Handle or to, to me, Hegs underscore com. Uh, here we go for Tigre versus Patronato on Friday night. I'm going to go for a Patronato victory. For Colón against Estudiantes later that same evening, I'll go for a draw. On Saturday, there is no 11 o'clock kickoff on Saturday, which is glory be. Argentinos host Belgrano at 5 past 2 in the afternoon. Um, I'll go for an Argentinos win in that one. Defensa Justicia at the same time kickoff at home to Union, and I'm going to go for a Defensa Justicia win there, I think. Newell's Old Boys versus Olimpo. Let's go for a Newell's win. I'm feeling generous. Uh, San Lorenzo versus Arsenal de Sarandí has to be a San Lorenzo victory, surely, because, come on, it's Arsenal away from home. And on Saturday night, Independiente versus Lanús. Ooh. Nice match. That's a good game. Are the second legs of the Continental Cups next week? I don't know. Doris? Independiente have already played this. Independiente so, played this earlier, but I, I have a feeling that the second leg of this Lanús is resting players. is next week. For sure. So I'm going to go for an Independiente win in that one. Um, Tacheres versus Vélez Ah, there is an 11 o'clock kickoff is on Sunday yep. It's Tacheres versus Vélez Sarsfield I'm going to go for a, a draw there Atletico Tucumán to beat Chacarita Juniors at home Banfield versus Racing <laughs> Nice match Ooh, I'll go for Three a draw four. What time's that on? That's at 5 past 4 in the afternoon now, On Sunday Boca Juniors at home to Godoy Cruz I'll go for a Boca win San Martín de San Juan versus River. I'll go for a draw because I suspect that River will be fielding a B team there. And on Monday, Gimnasia versus Huracán, I think will be a Gimnasia victory. And Tempere versus Rosario Central. I'll go for a draw. I have predicted a lot of home wins there. I've only predicted one yep. away win. Then last week you predicted a lot of away wins. So this kind of balances it out. Should we, should we count lone away, away win that I don't think will happen? <laughs> I don't think Patronato can win at Tigre. Having said that I wasn't going to do it, let's just go through and now on, on air, live on air, um, count up how I did last week compared with what actually happened. Ah, you've got records. Yeah, because I, I stick them up on the blog so that I've got, like, they're easy nice. to uh, refer to. So last week I went for Colón to beat Arsenal away and they did. I went for Atletico Tucumán to beat Venice mm-hmm. away and they didn't. That was 2-0 to Venice. Independiente to get an away win over Olimpo it was a draw San Martín to get an away win over Belgrano Belgrano won that one Estudiantes to beat Defensa Justicia they lost that was one of the few home wins I went for (laughs) Patronato versus Argentinos Juniors I went for a draw and Patronato got a win Racing to beat Tempele yes it was 4-1 Chacarita to beat Tigre it was a draw Godoy Cruz to lose at home to Tacheres. They won thanks to that 94th minute winner. Thank you very much, Santiago Garcia. Central to beat San Lorenzo. It finished 0-0. River to draw with Banfield. River beat Banfield. <laughs> Boca to beat Lanús and they did. Thank you, Boca. Um, Gimnasia to beat Union away and they lost. And Huracan to draw with Newells and Huracan won. So I got three out of 14. Three out of 14. Uh, you shouldn't play that. It, it, it takes a couple of weeks to get up to speed. Plus, <laughs> I haven't seen any of the first round of matches at I, all. Like that, mate. Defensive Justicia plays very, very well. Absolutely. You have to watch the defence. Sorry, defensor. Yeah. Yes, they, they, they've, they've they very well. much managed to sort of keep the uh, spirit of Becca Sese going, even though they're they, now on what, their second 
manager since he left, no? They have Bivas now, which mm -hmm. is uh, a nice manager. Ousted from Estudiantes in a yeah. not nicely fashion. I'm tired from killing myself after walloping a fan who... Estudiantes is kind <laughs> of caught in between. They have Matosas yeah. and they have that same strange thing that uh, we want to respect Villardismo, but we don't want to play like Villardo yeah. never again in our lives. Yeah. And same old players like Cata Fernandez, Luguercio and Pavone. Yeah. It's almost the 2009 uh, formation, but with Actually, those. I, uh, I, wonder, I wonder if they have the oldest average age in the Primera. And this is something I might, could be up if there, I remember. Right? Bandur, okay, if I remember, I'll, I'll look them all up uh, yeah. for next week's episode. And we'll Banfield might have the oldest. Ooh, Vitti's going to push the average up quite a lot, isn't he? Vitti, Sibeli, Sitanich. Yeah. We will get back to you on this. Their youngsters are more. This is the question. For now, however. River might have one of the youngest because they're starting 11 against Banfield on Sunday. Had, I think, two players over the age of 24. Mm. Um, their first team is quite old. Yeah. They have Lux. Pitti Martinez, I think, is the third oldest player in the starting 11. Um, their 18 is one uh, of the yeah. oldest. I have no doubt about it. They you have Pons, yeah, for sure. Lux. Moreira. I guess, it, I guess it depends how many of the guys who played on Sunday 18. are going to break in. Go 18. River 18. Lux. Moreira. Yeah. Maidana, Pinola, that's 60 yeah, years between them. Poncio. Perez. Casco, Poncio. We shall see. I'll, I'll look yeah. this up. Scoco. Scoco. And we'll get back to it. In the meantime, yeah, we've already been recording for way too long, so we're going to say goodnight <laughs> now. At half time, it is Guillermo Brown nil, Boca Juniors nil in Mendoza. This is a review of the first half, so I will turn back over to San Lorenzo versus Club Atletico Lanús, which is finished. finished. It has Two finished 2-0, I think. Yeah, yeah, 2-0 to San Lorenzo at the end of that first leg. Stick around for the final score of the Racing game later on, the Boca game that's going on, and any other ones that we haven't mentioned accidentally while recording. For now, thank you very much for listening um, to us this week, for putting up with us on your commute or whatever you're listening on. Uh, and goodbye, and we'll see you again next week from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. From Dan. Goodbye, and thank you for listening. From Julian. Pleasure. Who hopefully won't be away for another two and a half ah, years before. We, we do a uh, Wednesday recording, I'm up. Brilliant. Excellent. Glad to hear it. And from me, good night. Some full-time scores from tonight's matches. Um, in the Copa Argentina in Mendoza, uh, a second-half penalty from Dario Benedetto gave Boca Juniors a 1-0 win over Guillermo Brown. Racing have got a 1-1 draw away to Corinthians in the Copa Sudamericana. And in the Libertadores, San Lorenzo versus Lanús ended 2-0. Um, the two Libertadores matches that don't involve Argentine sides have both finished in draws. Botafogo um, drew 0-0 at home to Gremio in the All-Brazilian tie. And Barcelona de Guayaquil have just this minute drawn 1-1 at home to Santos. Don't forget that um, Jorge Wilstermann against River, which is the other Libertadores quarterfinal, the first leg of that is going to be played on Thursday night.